Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. KCAA Loma Linda. 1050 AM. 106.5 FM. And now 102.3 FM. I'm Jessica Ettinger, CNBC. Stocks are in the red in afternoon trading on Wall Street as investors take a breather after yesterday's rally. The Dow down 40 points, the S&P 500 down 14 points, the Nasdaq is down 53 points. Another shocking number of Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week. Two and a half million in two months. More than 38 million Americans have filed for unemployment. That's about a quarter of all working Americans. Netflix says it'll start canceling inactive members subscriptions if they haven't watched in a year. It's an unusual move for a company that depends on subscriptions. But down the road, if that person wants to come back, they'd have to join at a higher rate. April home sales plunged 18% as people stayed in to avoid coronavirus and others pulled their homes off the market. Jessica Ettinger, CNBC. Dell Technologies has special business savings right now to help you office everywhere and stay productive. Save up to 45% on desktops, laptops, and do-it-all servers with Intel Core processors. Upgrade to new modern devices with Windows 10 and save on essential electronics. All with free shipping on everything and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL or visit dell.com slash smallbusinessdeals. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-501-3689 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-501-3689 for your free author submission kit. Again, 800-501-3689. Special report, coronavirus update. President Trump did not wear a face mask during part of his tour of a Ford factory in southeastern Michigan being used to produce ventilators. Company officials had required one, and Trump told reporters he had one on in the back area. Correspondent Nick Peyton Walsh reports that Brazil hit a record high for new coronavirus cases today, as many prepare for the worst in the city of Sao Paulo. We were in a graveyard today. It was staggering to see on the hills of Sao Paulo 
thousands of freshly dug holes. They expect the peak to hit here in a week, possibly two weeks, and those holes, sadly, to be filled. When we were there, there were about a funeral every 10 minutes. The United States secured almost a third of the first one billion doses planned for AstraZeneca's experimental COVID-19 vaccine by pledging up to $1.2 billion. World powers have been scrambling for medicines to get their economies back to work. I'm Barbara Cusack. KCAA. This message is from DNA Financial Group, a taxpayer advocacy group who can represent you before the IRS and help you resolve your IRS problems. On March 21, 2020, the IRS extended the tax day deadline from April 15th to July 15th, 2020. This deferment of filing and paying applies to all taxpayers, including individuals, trusts, and estates, corporations, and other non-corporate tax filers, as well as those who pay self-employment tax. On March 25, 2020, the IRS launched its People First Initiative to provide financial relief for certain taxpayers. This initiative provides a blanket hold of enforced collections, including liens and levies, until July 15, 2020, for nearly all taxpayers, businesses, and individuals alike. This initiative also stops all installment agreement and offering compromise payments until July 15, 2020. Individuals and businesses in direct debit installment agreements are encouraged to contact their banks for stop payments. If you have submitted an offering compromise, the IRS is providing an automatic extension of time for approvals until July 15, 2020. This message is from DNA Financial Group. DNA Financial Group helps businesses and individuals resolve IRS problems. DNA provides an alternative to the impersonal approach of other IRS resolution firms. DNA will address your IRS problems with personal attention and creative strategies that will resolve your IRS issues. Call DNA Financial Group at 866-201-0156. DNA has a simple motto, your success is our success. Visit the DNA website at www.dnafingroup.com or call DNA at 866-201-0156. Honor our troops past and present this Memorial Day. Complete plumbing and routers saluting the men and women of our armed forces. This salute is courtesy of Complete Plumbing and Rooter in Chino, serving the area with pride and integrity. Got a leak? Call Complete. They specialize in repiping, sewer lines, plumbing, and more with the best price guarantee. They will beat any competitor's price with an estimate. Call 844-665-3257 or visit online at completeplumbingandrooter.com. K-C-A-A. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the greatest real estate investment show ever. Here's the flip-flop investor himself, Todd Bayer. Hey, everyone. How are we doing out there today? This is the Flip-Flop Investor Show, and I am your host, Todd Bayer, the flip-flop investor himself. Every week, we like to get together and talk about real estate investing here in the Illinois Empire. And every week, I like to bring on a local expert or a local investor, or in some cases, <laughs> a local superstar in real estate investing. 
that's who we got today. We got Matt Owens from OCG Properties. How are you doing today, Matt? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? You know, hanging in there. Uh, I think I'm doing all right. It's nice yeah. to get out of the house, huh? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's my first time out, you know. No. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, oh, man, the virus has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're going to get into that a little bit later. But before then, I think people out there want to know, who is Matt Owens, and why should we even care about what this guy has to say right now? <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I know. <laughs> you shouldn't, yeah. Everything he's going to say right now is for entertainment purposes only. Right, right, no. <laughs> right exactly. No legal advice or yeah. any of that jump, jumbo. No, no, never. Never, <laughs> ever. Well, um, I'm a California licensed CPA. I quit my CPA firm job in 2006, right before the real estate crash. So Good time. I was, yeah, I was a real <laughs> estate genius for about a year and a half before I got punched in the face and pretty much lost everything. Yep. But uh, since then, we've flipped a little bit over 700 houses. We okay. flip about five to 10 a month right now. Uh, we have a brokerage out in Tennessee. Uh, we invest a lot over the mid Midwest. Uh, we don't invest a lot in California just because of the economics here and things like that. We're going to get into that but, a little bit later. Yeah, too, we'll talk but, about yeah. it for sure. But, um, you know, we also uh, we also lend capital. We have about 15 million lent out to different flippers in different markets. We do a lot of value add multifamily buildings and and flips on the multifamily side. We do some short term rentals. We have a debt fund set up. You know, across the board, we invest in syndications. I just love real estate. And you can see my the shiny penny syndrome keeps going around. And like, and there's another business. And there's another business. Let's go. Yeah. And anybody who tunes into the show regularly, which, I mean, I don't know who's not tuning in at this point. But anybody that listens to the show regularly knows you're going to have to come back multiple times. Because we're only going to be able to cover a couple of those things no problem, in the man. short amount of time we have on the show today. But uh, um, all right. So you got in. Uh, your CPA, you, you, were, you, were doing, you were doing that for a while, right? Yeah, I was doing accounting and audits for uh, actually big firms that were that were focused on real estate. And then I went to a smaller firm where I got to see the inner workings of a business. And, mm. you know, understanding the accounting piece gives me a really unfair advantage of real estate, especially yep. when you understand the math behind it. And once you get into the financing, it's yeah. a whole blow up world where you're like, wow, yeah. look at the returns. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, there's so many people that come into the real estate world because they saw a... Uh, you know, Carlton Sheets uh, late night telemarketing thing, or not telemark? What do I say? Uh, late night infomercial, right? You know, or Tommy Do, you know, right? Well, I I actually Dave spent Delgado, I know? spent sixteen grand on what? education. Yep, and Nouveau Riche. Yep, I'm one of them. You my, went through Nouveau Riche. My, really? my brother, my brother-in-law, or my stepbrother at the time calls me up and he's like, "Dude, I found this awesome thing. You got to come check out." And I'm like. How much did you spend? And he's like sixteen grand. I was like, "You got Jack, dude. What's wrong with you?" Nice. You know, and, and uh, it's funny because like, you, then you go, it. you gotta go. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> they, they, at the end of the presentation, their little pitch, they're like, "You're number one if you have questions. Number two, if if you you know if you're if you're ready to go. And number three, it's not for you." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm ready right now. Let's right. go. I need to get out of my CPA firm and do no more audits or taxes." Oh man. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So well, Nouveau Reach. Okay. So I I know a little bit about Nouveau Reach. I never went through it. I mean, it was a pretty good system, pretty good program, yeah, really. The I classes mean, were really good. The teachers were really good. The problem was the upsell piece of it and, right. you know, and, and the additional money. But at the same time, the, the quality was great. Yeah. I, I felt like I got a base-level college education, but in, the, in, in something that could actually make me money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because, like, there is no, like, college or university for real estate investing, right? So that's why these guru programs exist, I right. think. You know, that's right. why they have like an opportunity out there to make money selling the information. Cause I mean, we're not perfect. You, I, you guys aren't perfect, right? We're constantly looking at our systems and we're constantly looking at our things and saying like, 
man, this like this could be better. I, I know we could be doing better with this. You know, like Stephen right. and I today, we were just talking about our own little internal systems for transaction coordination and for, um, you know, rehab estimations and, you know, like just things like that. It's like, you know, how can we improve upon this system, you know, because mm-hmm. and like and really it's, it's like, how can we remove ourselves a bit from this? Because we right. need other people to handle this because we have other things we need to be doing, too. And we're, right. it's like there's certain things that we have a very specialized set of skills for. And it's like, you know, to take time out of our day to go walk a, a, sub, a property with our contractor and say, you know, I want a beam right here. And I, you know, right. <laughs> like I, I was actually benefited by investing primarily out of out of state because right. I couldn't do those things. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people stole a lot of money from me in the beginning. And you <laughs> right, learned yeah. some fun lessons that way yeah. until you realize, okay, this is how you not get stolen from. And, and, and you know, the, the... It's a good book. It, how to not get yeah, stolen from. Yeah, how to from. not get stolen from, right? <laughs> but that's the hardest part about this whole thing is you may know real estate. You may know the numbers. You may know accounting. You may know engineering. Sure. That doesn't necessarily mean you can start a company doing it specifically right. and learning how to run a company and also... The heart, you know, getting out of the self-employed trap, right? Learning how to delegate that stuff Ooh. and set up systems to automate things and cut out work and cut down on work for you. Yeah, it, it's a hard thing because everything we think we know, nobody else can do, right? Which yeah. is totally totally fallacy, nonsense. Right? Yeah. yeah, totally not true. I mean, there's so many talented people out there that would be very happy to be told what to do. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's fine. I like for a while there, I kind of like I wanted to like shake the people and say like, get out of this, but you know. Some people don't want to have their own business. Like some people, like maybe their dad owned their own business. They're like, I saw what it did to him and mm-hmm. they don't want it, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's not a fun road. <laughs> no, I, I remember quitting my CPA from going, I'm going to have time to go to the gym. Oh, I'm yeah. going to have all this extra Every time. And, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like literally the opposite. Like you look 14 hour days you look for 10 tan. years yeah, gets you to where tan. I'm at, you know? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were like on the, the beach whitest all real day estate today, investor right? on the planet right? <laughs> exactly. that lives in California, right? Yeah. We actually had to give you a uh, mat, a spray tan before you walked in because. You know, it was just gleaming. You know, yeah, the studio yeah. lights were just going to shine too bright. You know, going to wear the hat, so it right. Yeah, could you just wear shade. a hat? Maybe put on this orange tint I got here. You know? Great, great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I hear you because like it's it's all about you know, and you got to develop these systems. You know, and to be able to do seven hundred flips, I mean, just. Even if you did that over the last thirty years, that's still a lot of flips. You know, you, you learn you learn every way to lose money after doing yeah. seven hundred of these things, and uh, and after a while, it becomes uh, you know you lose five grand on a deal or something, or five grand on, on a rehab overage, or sometimes you make that back and sometimes you lose it. It yep. becomes a widget after a while. Right. But you're like, okay, let me make sure that that doesn't ever cost me money again. What quality control can I put there and yeah. here and here? And then having proper segregation of duties, I think, is really important across the board with your team so that mm-hmm. that way you can protect yourself and, you know, make sure you're taken care of. Yeah. And when you're running a shop like that, I mean, how many projects do you have, like, let's just say an escrow to purchase at any one time? 15. Yeah. At least. And you got EMDs out on each one. Right. And and that, that side of things on the EMDs, uh, after a while, uh, having the right capital sources and capital investors uh, really helps with uh, the stress level associated with that. That doesn't mean that I can't go through changes and shift my yeah. risk in different ways and, and want to raise capital from different sources and things sure. like that. But at the end of the day, having those sources, you know, definitely having a lot of cash out. I remember, uh, you know, a couple, about a month ago, I was fronting another 1.5 million of my own money in loans. And, and it starts to get hefty where you're like, yeah. I need to get some of my capital back. Let me yeah. go raise it for my investors and have that handled. Or I know. Raise more from my debt fund and have that handled. 
world. You and know? see, and we never realized that sort of thing that like that that can happen at scale because with EMDs, you talk fifteen properties in escrow to buy, and you may not mm. buy all fifteen. Some of those might not go through. Right. You know, and let's just say you got five grand sitting on each one. That's seventy five thousand dollars. You got sitting out there in EMD money. Right. Making right. no money. It's it's just sitting there. Right. You know, and like I've had to explain this to agents before because they're like, well, the seller would really love to see a bigger EMD. It's like I'd love to see a smaller EMD. You know, right. like right. I'd love right. to make that zero if I could. You know. Right. Right. And like you have to explain to them sometimes. Like, look, I got twenty houses in escrow right now to buy, and I have EMDs out on every single one of them. That's a hundred thousand dollars I got sitting in right. different escrow accounts right now. You know, and like literally, like right now, I have I have EMD money sitting out because. Uh, we, we got into a deal and it wasn't actually the seller that was selling us the property, but it's sitting in escrow and it's been in there for about a year and a half oh. and I'm trying to recover it. And the right. courts are shut down. Our date keeps getting pushed, you know? So like you know. we just got a, mail, a letter in the mail yesterday saying our date to go on that little small claims thing, you know, to get our little $5,000 EMD back, right. you know, but like, this is the stuff I got to deal with. You know, like it's, it's, it's crazy what you deal with. And as far as problems in real estate, yeah. because I was laughing about this the other day because after a while it first, it hurts, right? You right. really struggle with it emotionally. And <laughs> it starts to really get at you. And, yeah. uh, and you realize how you're reacting to it after a period of time of dealing with problem after problem. But once you kind of let that go, you make a lot more money. For example, um, I had some foreclosures this year in Kansas City that I had to deal with that mm-hmm. um, or costing me a couple hundred grand mm. easy. And but I have 10 more deals, they're going to make me 25 to 50 grand a pop. Yeah, just in process. So I'm just, okay, mentally pretend like that other Kansas city didn't happen. These (laughs) other ones didn't happen and I'm good. But it's, it's once you stand up from taking that punch and you move forward with it and realize, okay, the faster I focus on making money back or the solution or moving, what action items I can take, the faster you get out of that funk yourself, where when you when you take that hit emotionally, you're actually making yourself helpless, right? right? Which is not easy to, to understand in mm-hmm. the beginning. You know, when you take hits and things like that, I've lost five hundred grand and people th- stealing from me in the past, and yeah. have uh, you know took the bath in, as well right after the market tick <laughs> hit. So, but it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me sure. because you take those hits and you makes you really strong because the hits in the future, you know how to react right. You know, yeah. Have so. you ever like read any books about like like, like, like the hard thing about hard things or anything. Have you ever, have you ever read any of those books about like breaking bad news to your investors? <laughs> I, I haven't actually. I, I um, <laughs> you just lived the yeah you've yeah, lived it <laughs> so. right. You know when when everything crashed. I mean, I took out. I had a seven ninety credit score, and I took out basically two hundred grand of of two hundred ninety grand worth of empty credit lines. I took out two hundred grand. Tried to float, paid my investors back, tried to make it, and yeah. went down with the ship. But my investors got their funds back. Luckily, I had the opportunity and the ability to do that at the yeah. time. I may not have. That was the worst crash we've ever seen. And, and there's hits that can knock you off your block at, even a, without a crash happening. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting to uh, try to go through and realize what happened in the past and how you can actually overcome those issues. Cause we've all gone through crap and sure. people have lost money in different ways all the, all over the place, you know? Now, do you, do you guarantee to an investor now uh, a market crash? No, 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 I don't guarantee it for sure. Yeah, because you've done it once. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what's interesting is I, I, I went through this in the past where when everything went down, 
all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, it's hard to sell houses now. If, right. if it turns into that, we had a big demand coming into this market yeah. um, and, and really good lending as well coming into the market. That doesn't mean the unemployment's not going to hurt the real estate market, you sure. know, and it depends on how long that goes and also how much stimulus kicks that, that, that can down the road, of course, too. Right. But at the end of the day, when, uh, when you're, when you're looking at what may or may not happen, it's like, how can you protect yourself moving forward? I need better margins on my flips, mm -hmm. lower loan to values on my loans, making sure I'm dealing with people that have a lot of cash and availability of that. And, you know, it's all of that combined. Yeah. What can you do right now to protect yourself during a crash or when you might, it might be coming, right? Sure, so. sure. Yeah, so I guess you know we can jump into a little bit of the COVID nineteen stuff. Because <laughs> nice. uh, have you had to like shift your uh, your business plan at all, like since March, basically? You know, I I did. I shifted. I'm shifting some of the risk off my plate with regard to some of the lending. Yep. Um, I I'm shifting some of the risk off my plate with the flips, with wholesale to to financing that wholesale uh, to requiring bigger down payments for my buyers on the back end and mm -hmm. things like that, where I get some of my profit up front yep. and it's with the end buyer already. So they get a little bit of a discount and they're more protected. So just changing some of the strategies in case we go into a down market. And also on my margins, I want to see five to 10% more margins at a minimum, usually 10. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't want to do that deal. And I want to see minimal rehabs if I can. So yeah. I'm cutting out the ones that aren't that problem, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think we're getting better deals, though. So <laughs> well, that's that's true. And you're probably getting more deals mm -hmm. because a lot of the hedge funds and stuff have pulled out of the market of the lending for sure. So yeah. and that the lending brings with it deals because a yes. lot of people don't have the money to do it. And I can come in and say, well, yeah, I'll take the deal down a joint venture with you, but I'm going to, it's going to be in my name and you know, that kind of thing to protect myself. Yeah. That's what we noticed. I mean, you know, I've, I've still got the lending company right. and because we, we don't rely on wall street for our lending. Right. Uh, you know, we haven't gone anywhere. So mm -hmm. as a result, I mean, I, I bought five houses this week. So that's awesome. You know, I mean, yeah, that's amazing. I, I was, when I pulled up, when I was on the phone with you, I was literally calling my investor to let him know that we were right. closed, that we closed today. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting because when there's a market correction and you're trying to mitigate that risk, understanding, you know, all the different exit strategies that can exist on these things is yeah. massive. Uh, that's how I learned seller financing in the past where I was like, wait, I'll seller finance it to an IRA or 401k or whatever it is yep. for someone that wants cash flow instead of selling it on the open market where I'm susceptible to market volatility a lot more and yeah. things like that. So and it's, it's crazy because there's, you know, there's literally a return on investment no matter what. So if you have the cash, let's just say you're going to sell a house off for 100 grand and the rent's mm -hmm. a thousand a month. I know this is a dream scenario, uh, but uh yeah, let's just say the, you're going to sell that house for hundred grand. Somebody with an IRA, if if it's just parked and they're not doing anything with it, they put hundred grand in this house. They're getting a thousand month cash flow. I mean, it's an ROI. Take that down to three hundred dollars a month cash flow. You know, it's still a return on investment. It's better than nothing. Right. You know, whereas you could just put it in a checking account or whatever, a money market, and make a fraction of a percent. I'm sorry, not a checking, a savings account. You know, right, right, <laughs> and make right. a fraction of a percent. You know, I mean, there's always an ROI, and that's what's beautiful about real estate mm -hmm. is that even though the price might go down, the value of the home might drop considerably. You know, like out here, we had price declines up to like 75% of value. Yeah, that was crazy, right? You know, but uh, the uh, you know the thing is, if they bought the home at 350,000 and it went down to you know be worth 70,000, which I saw plenty <laughs> wow. of that happen. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, that's you could still rent it, and the rental the rents went up. You right. know, during the downturn in 2007, 2008 and all that. So, you know, there was still an ROI to be made for those deals. And, 
if they hung on to him for this long, they could have sold him at this point you know, for a profit. Right. And I, I really like during those types of volatilities, selling with seller financing and different strategies to mm -hmm. homeowners. And to them, it's about a monthly payment. And right. can they afford that payment and yeah. refinance anytime you want? And, and you, what's really cool is when you look at your returns yeah. on your money left in the deal after you do that and then sell a piece of the paper off or whatever it is, it's really cool. Your returns are through the roof. Yeah. So. And it's, it's funny because I, I had Bill Tan on last week. Okay. So, you know, Bill, he's a, he's a new Just guy. Just talk with him. Yeah. Brand new <laughs> yeah. in the business. Yeah, sure. You know, never done anything. <laughs> thing really but no uh we were talking about obviously his favorite thing is is lending and it seems like every real estate investor goes from some point they start out as like an active very active investor and they eventually work their way down towards lending like right. lending note investing stuff like that where which is very passive and you know you you like it's it's like headache free pr practically i mean right. it's not completely headache free but you know, well, the flipping gives you the base knowledge of how all the math works yeah. and how what your costs are and all that stuff. And then you need you need capital in order to do your flipping. So you start developing that resource. And then at some point, you don't need any more capital for your own flips. And you're just going out to new, you know, saying, OK, well, how do I do more deals? And it kind of pushes you into the lending. Then when you see the spreads you make on the lending and how you can protect yourself and it brings a bunch more deals in, you're like, I'm just going to bring this resource out to a bunch of people and protect myself because I know how I'm going to, how they're going to lose my money, right. you know, before they do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, and that's why I think it's important for new people to work with hard money lenders because, you know, they get that advice, right. you know, that's like, huge, right. Yeah. You know, it costs gonna... them a little money, but it's worth the education. It's like paying an attorney almost. Yeah. So. Like, like right now, you're only doing deals that make perfect sense. Right. You know, like you don't need to squint at them to make them look right, you know? Like, Which is common, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, oh, gee, I mean, how many homes down a dirt road, you know? How many wholesalers send you deals <laughs> that are not deals at all? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm like, you. is this a house that we could buy or is this the set of deliverance you know, we're walking onto <laughs> right now, you know? Exactly. I, oh, man. And like, those are the, I, I don't know why I end up buying some of these anyway, but it's because I get such a good deal on them, you know? Right. But I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. I'll throw some ridiculous number out. They take it. And I'm like, oh, crap. What did I just agree to do? You know? Right. It becomes scary all of a sudden. The one we know, closed those... on today was that deal, by the way. No. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting, some of the deals that are coming out of the woodworks right now, because I feel like some people are scared, but the sellers are still saying, no, I'm still holding on my price. Yeah. And there's in that medium time between nobody knows what's happening. And so you have a lot of people that are just, no, I'm scared. Everything's going to crash and burn. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a deal just to get out of it right now before I, so I don't have to take that future risk um, of something happening. And then yeah. the other ones are going, no, I'm okay. I don't really, there's not a lot of distress. Yeah. The, so. the deal I bought today was so bad that the seller had to put money in to close. Oh, wow. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking like this one's bad. It's, you know, so nice. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, you're in a bad deal with the seller's got to put money in, you know. So, uh, you had a few like that where you're just like, you know, back property taxes and, you oh, know, yeah. back everything, and you're going, yeah, wow. City leans out the wazoo oh. because, you know, all the times that code enforcement's gone out and they've said fix this problem and they haven't right. fixed it, you know. Right. Yeah. It's actually the last two deals I've done were that where I had like a laundry list of things we had to address for code enforcement, you know. <laughs> and like, I mean, I love code enforcement, great people, every single one of them, love them to, de to death. But, you know, occasionally we don't feel we need to pull a permit. You know, it's, it's happened. We've, we've, we felt that we're doing very minimal Something work. Something small. Something right. small, you know. And, uh, you know, we don't always have to feel the need to, uh, to contact code enforcement for a project, you know. Uh, but 
It's another uh, another uh, reason not to invest in California, dude. You got to exactly. deal with headaches and bureaucracies like oh, that. Out of state, I, one of my buddies, Mike, uh, moved to North Carolina, and he's like, I can build a house in like three months, no problem, and <laughs> be done, and it's right through the city, no issues. You yeah. know, and you're just like, wow, differences. Hey, you know, it's the it's the <laughs> price we pay for uh, for beautiful 95 degree weather today. Right, know? right, right, exactly. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> no, I'm, it's funny. I was talking to I was talking to another guy earlier today. He's up in Northern California, you know, and. He's like, oh, it's like 75 today. It's a really hot day. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's terrible, man. I hate to hear that. It's like 95 here today. <laughs> it, it's interesting because, you know, the primary reason in my eyes not to move out of California is the weather piece and right. how it's all nice. And I keep looking at Idaho and all these other no state income tax states. I'm, I'm like, Wyoming's like the best state, but there's nobody in Wyoming. Like, yeah. What are you going to do out there? You know, so yeah. like a little before we left the office, uh, I was talking with Stephen. We, we had a, a guy come in our office. He's one of our one of the other guys that rents an uh, office suite upstairs with us. He comes in our office we're just kind of shooting the breeze and uh we're looking at jackson hole wyoming right right you know beautiful beautiful place like you got the grand tetons right, right there it's great in the summer yeah Winter's scary but exactly beautiful you summertime know, so. like it's like an idyllic you know like i'm like well if you're into that sort of peace and quiet relaxation sort of six thing six months you know? it might be good you right, know right? Yeah. so yeah <laughs> yeah but then winter comes and you're gonna wish you could just you know <laughs> like i got about two weeks here and i'm out <laughs> right exactly. yeah exactly are you from from california originally? Uh, yeah I've, I've lived my whole life in california but you know I pay $40,000 a year in taxes in California. Yeah. So it just, after a while, you're like, I can buy a house for that and pay for the payment with right. with that money. What am I doing? Yeah. You know, and and also I'm nervous. I'm nervous in California with some of the, you know, differences and some of the laws we're starting to see come down the pike oh, with, yeah. uh, against property owners and uh, and that, that way. And it's because of the biggest, you know, poverty divide we've seen in a long time and that consistent push. And so looking at that, it scares me. They're looking at getting rid of property. 13 for commercial properties. They've been pushing that for a while. Of course, they're they're you know we've seen some of the bills come through that are mm-hmm. just absolutely like crazy, Over, and, overreaching. And, right, and and <laughs> what's going to happen with the deficits here? Uh, you want to look at states that don't have this type of you know pension deficits. That's yeah. going to fall on the taxpayers and things like that. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you can't make money flipping. That doesn't mean sure. I just look at long term buy and hold property ownership as a little scary because of that. But don't get me wrong. You still have rent control makes rents rise right. over time. It doesn't so so that's gonna help rents, not hurt rents in the long run. Yeah, so, for property owners. Right, right. So there's some things like that that California real estate has that others don't, which including you know property values constantly increasing and a massive amount of demand. Right. That is always there from the weather. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's the nice thing because if you own property in say Jackson, Wyoming, you know you're not gonna have tenants half the year. You know because right, you right. know nobody's gonna want to live there. If it's, right, right, exactly. <laughs> if it's negative forty degrees and you know right and property values don't move half the time either so they just kind of stay the same and you have inflation to deal with now look at all the money that's getting printed so (laughs) gotta keep up with that inflation now oh man (laughs) yeah and you know but you know I guess I look at it from another side because in California we got like an affordable housing issue. So right, huge. You know, issue. Yeah, there's money to be made Absolutely. solving af- affordable housing. You know? Absolutely, it's kind of why we got into the tiny home thing, right? What you guys are doing right now with the tiny home thing is honestly genius. Like if you look at the need. Mm-hmm. It's massive. Yeah, I, I'm looking at this going, wow, we can build ADUs in the backyards of all these California homes. Yeah. And how much income can they make off yep. of these? Yep. I mean, the rents are 1500 and the payments are five or yeah. six for oh, the man. build. You know, it's three. Well, right. I mean, you know, with your guys' <laughs> process for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and it just is an interesting play. It's a great opportunity to move into that space. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that was, it's like one piece of legislation that came down from Gavin Newsom that I agreed with, you know, and mm-hmm. right, for a little right. while there, I was almost a supporter of his, you know. <laughs> 
no. <laughs> then you're like, you shut down the world. Yeah, What's no, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I just want to get a pizza, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But uh, the, the stomach starts taking over, I and they're like, no, I'm hungry. You, yeah. you're, you're a jerk. Yeah, you're a jerk. <laughs> I need to get my hair cut. Look at right. this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple home haircuts, you know, happen. So uh, yeah. that's why I'm wearing is that the Laker you wear hat. that why you're wearing the hat? Now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just this a big Laker fan. This is normally my getup is Laker hat. And, you know, I'm a Kobe fan. Yeah. It's my whole gro- growing up was 90s hip hop. Gro- same exact yeah. age as Kobe, watching him grow up. And I actually have his card on my desk because... It, the Mamba mentality piece you really need when it comes to real estate sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I had dealt with like seven or eight issues in a day one time, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just looking at that card going, get your ass up and, you know, move forward and push this through, you know what I yeah. mean? So, um, and it's it's interesting what that mentality can do for you in this game. Yeah, and, you know, I, it's, it's something you can't, you can't teach that sort of thing, you know, like that right. grit that's just sort of like, you know, I got, I got to do it. You know, it's, I just got to get this done. That comes, so. that comes from losses. You it know? does. That you know? comes from being humbled because <laughs> I remember quitting my CPA firm job right in like 2006 to go into real estate. So I had about a year runway before everything just stopped on me. Yeah. And we got an office at the World Trade Center in Long Beach. Oh, I man. thought it was dope, right? And it was <laughs> not dope. It was just the market. I did everything wrong. I had a $5,000 a month overhead office at the oh, World yeah. Trade Center starting a new company. You're like, what's wrong with you? You know, right. but... Those things where you think you're dope and you realize, no, I'm not. It was just the market and I really didn't know what I was doing mm-hmm. then. They humble you to another degree where it doesn't matter how much success you have. Yeah. You're like, no, where? let me look over my shoulder. Where, where am I being dumb? <laughs> where am I missing something? Yeah. It's going to cost me a bunch of money. Yeah. My my first office where I like, kind of struck out on my own, you know, like to do my mm-hmm. own real estate investing world. Uh it was three hundred and thirty dollars a month, you know, in downtown Riverside, you know, that's like, dope. and I'm still in that same office, you know, awesome. <laughs> except awesome. we have more of the floor now, but that's just because we have more people. But right, right, right. <laughs> like, you know, I I was looking at it from, a, from a budget perspective. My office prior to that was a house I bought, and I was living, I was using the house mm-hmm. as the as the office, nice. you know. But then I eventually realized I could rent that house out, and the cash flow I'd get from it would actually pay my office. So that's what I did. <laughs> it's, it's interesting when you when you figure those types of things out. I was yeah. trying to figure out how to sell my primary residence on financing with a buyback agreement in place, so that if I really wanted to get my house back, I could do that. You know, and get yeah. the money back. But you know, you start to look at ways of restructuring all of your investments. Of how can I make it more efficient? Yeah. How can I increase my cash flow? And you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad is the book that I read when I was sitting at my CPA firm job going, I can't do this anymore. I need something else. And when I saw that, I realized that this is the only way to become 
to, to make it so that you're not a debt slave for the rest of your life. Right. You have to develop cash flow streams. I don't care if it's a business, running a business and getting a cash flow stream there and learning how to step back, right? Yep. yep. And not be the self-employed. Or um, if it's developing rental real estate portfolio or a note portfolio, how do you develop the cash flow? Because time freedom is everything. And until you have that, you're stuck. Yeah. You're still working, you know? So. Yeah. Have you ever dreamed about like going back to just being Matt Owens? real estate investor and you're just, uh, you can buy just a few houses a year and make a comfortable you living know, on I, it. I, I think about that a lot, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm going, man, I want that jet money, you know? Like, yeah, okay. just, you want damn that, it, I want the jet money, but I want it passively. Yeah, so, you, you want know, the FU money. Right, that, right, yeah. right. Yeah. It's just, you know, and it's more about, I. it's not about the money. It's a matter of being able to say, Look, I developed this cash flow stream. We got a million dollars a year coming in here yeah. from cash flow investments. And this is everybody else, this is how you do it. Yeah. I want to teach my kids how to do it. I want my son, I'm reading him these Tuttle Twin books right now, and, and one of the books is The Creature from Jekyll Island, oh, nice. which is a second look at the Federal Reserve, but it's in a kid's book, of right? Of course, yeah. And they have this octopus and all this. And it talks about the banking industry and inflation. And yeah. you know, I just I think that if I achieve that then I, that, that financial freedom through cash flow, then I feel warranted in teaching everybody else how to do that because that's true happiness, right? Teaching everybody else yeah. how to become free. That's right. something, there's your why right there. Yeah, you know? And you know, it's hard so. to, and I totally agree with you. I mean, we, you know, you, you ran uh, Phoebe Long Beach for a long time. Right, I mean, right. you know, we got the Illinois Empire Real Estate Investment Club. Like a lot of what we do is mentoring you know, like just helping people. I mean, I don't know how right. many people I've helped. I mean, Ton, hopefully right. I've helped somebody, you Ton know, through that. but <laughs> just, just the stuff that I've seen has been really good quality content. Yeah. And so, you know, these people like, they, like everybody's kind of trained in a certain way of life, right. To like go this certain path and they're all trained to become worker drone, you know, worker drones and just, you go to work, you know, raise a family, white picket fence, that sort of thing. That's the American dream. Right. Mm. But I mean, so many people come from outside of this country because of the other American dream that they see, mm -hmm. and that is property ownership. Right. You know, like you can start a business and you can like provide for your family by having right. your own business, you Freedom know? Freedom and, and to do that and to build that for yeah. yourself, right? And it's, it's weird for us because we had to learn that after we went to school. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, you don't like, learn any of that in school. I, I, I look back at college and I got a degree in economics and accounting. Beautiful. Right. So, but <laughs> I really didn't learn crap. Yeah. Like I, I literally am looking back and going, Maybe my, my professional writing class was good. Okay. Some of the basic economics and basic uh, accounting classes were good. Business law, Other, maybe. Yeah. Even that, I didn't <laughs> learn anything really. You're just reading basic Case stuff. Case law, that yeah. You, you learn it when it matters to you, when it's, ta when it's taking yeah. your money. Yeah, right? exactly. You know? And so, so <laughs> starting the business was probably the best thing because to, for that, because your learning curve is like through the roof consistently after right. that, right? But I think that's why, like... Like, we're angry enough to the point, like, I'm so angry that I went through the, like, American education system. Right. And right. I was taught the wrong way to do things. And I feel like I want to shake people and teach them another way to do it. There right. is another way to make it in this country. And it's the way that all the rich people do it. You know, mm -hmm. it's, and, and they're, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to see people that, you know, they want a better life for themselves. And mm -hmm. some people, some of these people are very passionate folks about something, you know, like, right. they, like giving, you know, and like volunteering, like they have, they have these other passions that they have, but their likelihood of succeeding even in that is going to be hindered because they don't understand, right. you know, business and they, they don't understand this, investment. A lot of people that go to college hang their their self-worth on their college degree and what school they went to yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I just, 
I, I look at the, you know, granted, there is some value in some of that education. Sure. If you take the right classes and have the right teachers and mentors and things yep, like that, apply it. <laughs> most of the teachers don't know how to make money. They don't know what's important, yeah. especially when you talk about high school and, and that type. Uh, and it's, we decided to, so, to homeschool our, our kids because I can teach them so much more and my wife can teach them so much more than the outside schools. And there's so many outside curriculums out there. Part of There's charter schools that you can take uh, financial education. We found one. It's really cool. They're literally going to teach them about speaking in public and financial education oh, starting man. in first grade. And I'm going, oh, I love you. <laughs> yeah. And it's like 10 grand a year. I'm like, what? You just sold me. <laughs> I love me. you yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I'm I like, love you twice? <laughs> three grand a month? What the heck? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, and that those are so important. I mean, you know, I was in Boy Scouts. So like you had to like, right. you always said like at some point rotate uh, throughout the, the troop. You know, somebody had to run the troop at some point. It was always a boy, a boy-run troop. Like they never had the adults getting involved. All the adults right. handled was sort of like the financials of the of the club to make sure that the kids weren't spending it on candy bars and yeah. baseball cards and stuff. <laughs> yes. You know, but uh, I mean, you know, you always had to be able to get in front of the group of boys. And my troop was pretty big. We had like a hundred kids. So like, you know, Stephen, my partner, you know, he was also the same troop. That's how we met. You know, right, was, right. Uh, in Boy Scouts, and so. You know, like you had to run the troop. You had to run a group of boys all your all your same age, which, you know, as a kid is kind of weird to be like a leader of people your same age, right, you know? Right, right, And like, you know, when you get older as, you know, you're like a real estate investor or whatever, you know, you have to lead people that are your age and older, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's not often that I'm leading people that are younger than me. Right. You know, I got into this business young. I was 22. Nice. You know, so like it's kind of weird to be able to boss around like a 55-year-old, you know. <laughs> I, I hear you. And, and you know, you realize that everybody has a skill set in a different way. And you realize that, you know, you can pretty much do anything if, if you focus on those on those right activities. And you're going to make your mistakes and be humbled and things like that. And, um, you know, the, the real estate thing is just so exciting for me because – I feel like it's one of the biggest things you can do other than running a business and being able to step back from that business um, to create that cash flow stream in, in America. And mm-hmm. um, looking at some of the strategies, I, I had a guy come to me the other day that had $200,000 and he was like about 67 years old and was almost in tears because he's like, I, I can't retire off of this. I can't, yeah. I can't do this. And I showed him a strategy where he can make $100,000 a year off of that um, $200,000 a year where mm-hmm. basically by leveraging notes and things like that and doing a hard money loan and then leveraging that or borrowing it or selling it at a cheaper rate sure. to make a spread and doing multiple of those, of course, he's got to learn the strategies, learn the real estate, how to protect himself and everything else. Yeah. But it gave him something to learn that can literally change his future and give him cash flow for the rest of his life without having to work for the rest of his life, Yeah. which when he saw that, he didn't know everything yet. And it was just unbelievable to see the light bulb click and to say, holy crap, I can really do this. Yeah. You know, like this is possible with limited funds and you don't need your own funds. That was one of the biggest fallacies I didn't think about was yeah. everybody comes to me, well, I don't only have this much money. I don't have that. You don't need your own money right. if you know how to protect other people's. Exactly. So, yeah. And as long as you're, you know, you can because you can find other people with money and, you know, obviously... I got into this business. I didn't have any money of my own. Right. So, you know, starting out with zero, you have to be able to convince somebody to do it. Right. Oftentimes, you're going to go to your family first, and, you know, eventually you'll go to your friends and, you know, then friends of the family, and you sort of branch out from there. Right. But, uh, you know, you got to convince somebody to do it first, you know, and then once you can kind of show a bit of a track record, you kind of – then you build, you build some momentum and, right. you know. And I think, I think that comes with 
the the education. So like a lot of people have a hard time when they're raising money where they're going, I don't know what to say to people. I don't know all. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And and it comes down to well first. What are you looking for exactly? What is exactly what you're looking for that you're going to try to raise? Yeah. Two, learn all the intricate details of where the risks are and how do you explain those away so that so that the your investors that they're coming to you uh, understand those risks and know that you understand those risks and how to mitigate them. Yeah. Because without doing that and showing them, here's what protects you with the paperwork. Here's what protects you with the property and the rehab and the closing and every little piece of yeah. it you're not going to be able to convince them to invest with you because it's just too many unknowns right. unless you're dealing with a professional hard money lender or somebody that already knows their stuff really well that you don't have to do that with, which you're going to pay more. You know, and it's you know, funny so. because you know, I've seen the Matt Owens report on a deal, right? I've seen, I've seen what Matt Owens puts together oh, on, yeah, yeah. On, on a deal and like... Showed you that multifamily <laughs> putting together, right? Yeah. Yeah. I fell asleep a couple times looking at the first page actually, <laughs> but... No, <laughs> nice. I mean, it's I think... It's detailed for Yeah, sure. it was like, like... It was a dissertation. I think it was about... Right. 40 something pages of yes. graphs and charts and, <laughs> yes. you know, explaining about the neighborhood dynamic, uh, uh, socioeconomics. And, you know, I, I broke down every expense item saying, this is where my yeah. as- assumption came in on these expenses and why <laughs> I came up with that number. And I'm so. like, I was like, it for me, that's, that's more than I've ever given anybody. Like by, by a long shot, if I can't fit everything into one page, cause mm-hmm. for me, I like the whole, you know, keep it simple, silly thing, right. you know, or, right, right. you know, and I, that's the way I like it. Cause if it, if it can't be explained easily on one page, then it's probably just too complicated. Right. You right. know, and I know your deals are pretty simple. Like not, you know, they're not complicated deals, right. but like your, your reports are very detailed, you know? And, and yeah. so mm-hmm. an investor that invests with you, can't say they didn't know anything. Right. <laughs> you know, well, and that's the thing is you're, I'm dealing with capital sources that, you know, on a multifamily that are very sophisticated. Yeah. And I'm going, how do I answer every one of their questions before they ask it mm-hmm. so that I don't get those questions? Right. And it's like when you go to a bank to go get, uh, you know, a line of credit, you go to them with your last two years tax returns, your current financial statements, and your, your, personal financial statement, you know, as well, your whole net worth, uh, you go to them with every, everything you do, an explanation of all of it to say, here's my package of mm-hmm. information. And then you and give them the amount of money that they're going to lend you back. Yeah, and pretty then, much. Then you yeah. get the loan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you go deposit 250,000 over here. We'll give you $250,000 loan. You're yeah, like, exactly. What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and yeah, they'll charge so, me interest, which right, is really right. considerate. Well, they start coming out of the woodworks when you don't need the money anymore. All of a sudden they are like willing to lend you money, yeah. you know, and going, okay. And then it's it's funny. They all start off at twelve percent, and then they're like, "Okay, eight, okay, six, yeah, you know," and slowly go down over time. But well, because yeah, when you when you don't need the money, you're like you're you're not. There's no negotiation. You're like, I, I literally don't need it. And they're like, like, what at what rate can I get it to you where you will need it, or where you put it to use somewhere? Right. And you're right. like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, we got a line of credit, and they first came out at twelve, and then we got them down to eight, uh, and we just utilize it for spreads on loans yeah. and in the meantime as capital while we're moving loans through and it took a while to get that line of credit we had to be with the bank for a while and sure. have enough business in that bank and uh, it, it's a huge resource when you're able to do that for operating capital but I, I hate borrowing it unless I have a loan to put it against because right. I just I hate that unsecured debt or oh, like yeah. bad debt they call it right yeah you don't so, want to pay 12% on, well, yeah, on unsecured yeah, stuff you know like horrible right um, is that like a national lender? Is that a, like a community um, bank? Or? I, I, I use Union Bank of California, so yeah. I've been with them for a while. And we have another bank in Memphis that we, we utilize. Local lenders are really good for this type yeah. of thing.
thing if you can develop the relationship, but a lot of them don't want to lend to you if you don't live in that market. So yeah, and I, you know, I have to agree with you about Union Bank. You know, and like they don't sponsor the show or anything like that. But that's who we use, and mm-hmm. Union, like they they operate very much like an old school bank. Right. You know, like they got relationship managers in every single branch, and like it's it's important to them. And like I I talk to them on a pretty regular basis. Right. You know, like like they're generally interested in what we got going on and you know it's it's hard for some of them to figure a place to put themselves lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, because like, right. they're not real estate-minded, at least in the single-family world. But you get into commercial real estate, they got a bunch of people, like, ready to, like, help out with those types of deals. Right. And they got uh, – we, we they have a – Japanese or a, a branch in Japan. Um, and so we have a lot of Japanese clients that work with us. And so it's just easy for them to open accounts and things like that. Oh, and transfer that. management. Well, yeah, yeah they're part of like so, Mitsubishi or something. Yeah, right? they're, they're big. Yeah. So they're, they're based in Japan initially. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see uh, how certain banks can work with you in different ways to help out, but you kind of have to have that momentum going and be profitable right. making a lot of money for them to even care you yeah. know so well yeah they have to they have to see a lot of money cycling through your account to, right. to know that you're not you know full of it basically right right, right. <laughs> they see it coming in exactly yeah so. they, the, like i know banks don't love when you have big sums of money coming in and then going right back out again they don't like to see that they like it to kind of stay put but right <laughs> you know if, if they can find another way to work with you which is lending you know i think that's what they need to understand too is that you have to you have to be able to explain to them the benefit of working with somebody like you and right and uh, most and most banks don't like to lend you money if they know you're going to go put it towards real estate or loans right they they just they mentally think something different like i use my stuff is inventory to me i'm classified as a dealer for tax purposes because i do so many deals you know and uh and from that perspective they won't treat that as inventory like an inventory loan it's all real estate related so most of these banks will give you accounts receivable factoring loans and financing against your accounts receivable and against your other assets and inventory, this isn't considered inventory. It's real estate, totally different ballpark yeah. mentality for them. But uh, it's, it's, how you, it's how you structure it where you can put it in their language, essentially. Right. Because right. factoring, I mean, you know, you're ta- like that's like a manufacturing type thing. That, right, right. You know, like, I mean, you're, it's, not, you're not manufacturing houses per se. Right, you know? <laughs> right. But but we have products that's available for sale and things like that where mm-hmm. it's, you know, five to ten of these a month. It's a cookie cutter machine. Yeah. But yeah. And you have orders for them essentially, which is big in factoring. Because if like, right. like if, if, you're a, if you make widgets and Walmart orders a million widgets from you, any bank in the world is going to jump on you and say, we'll give you a loan to make sure you can fulfill that order because that's Walmart, right. you know? Right, right. That's a factoring loan. They're going to give you the money to basically manufacture the widgets and then, you know, whatever. Right, right. right. On, on the basics. I'm trying to educate the folks out here. I know you don't no need problem. to know this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. It's it's Sometimes I, uh, I – Bill actually told me the other day when I was talking with him that I need to slow down on the lingo because I just say – blurt out all the real estate lingo yeah. that most people don't know, loan-to-value, <laughs> LTV, and all that you know stuff that you know mo- a lot of people don't just catch up right away. You know, you know? and like I, I agree with Bill to some extent on that because in, in some extent – 
like it's nice for somebody that's like an expert to like slow down and explain right. it to the new person. And we we tend to do that sort of thing anyway because you know our position within our, our communities. Right. But uh, I, I actually like the people that don't because you know you're dealing with an expert and they make and they pull no punches. They're you know, like. The they're, real they're, deal. They don't. They're care. talking. If you don't shop. understand. You don't understand. So. Yeah, they're just talking right. shop. So you know, you're getting the real thing. You know, and like I get Bill because you know he's also a leader of, of a big community of right. people. You know, right. and so <laughs> it's like he wants to make sure people understand it, and it's important to him. But right, right. You know, at the same time, yeah. after a while, you're you're also going for you know the different. Um, base of people as well. A lot of times you're dealing with a lot more professional investors that know what you do and understand the lingo that you're saying. Yeah. And the people that don't will catch up over time. They got to hear it over and over again. It's like right. learning another language, right? Yeah, it is. So really is. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's, it's really cool because all these different people in these different ways, like Bill and um, uh, a lot of the, like Karin that runs her club yep. and, and you know, OC. OC. Yeah. So she like, you learn so much from these different people yep. and th that are in the industry. And I would say going to all those clubs and going to all those things is probably one of the best things I've ever done. It's a, just me running my own club. I learned something from every single speaker yeah. that comes in on some different angle that I wasn't thinking about and take notes on what things I got to go change <laughs> because of it. And, um, you know, I, I learned strategies, for example, on self-directed IRA investing where, you know, we flipped houses inside our IRAs. We've gone through and done note arbitrages inside of our IRAs. We hold properties inside of them. There's so many cool things that you can do yeah. with your own 401k and IRA that I think understanding that is key. Mm -hmm. uh, also understanding how the taxes are going to work on the way out is important too, because right. taxes may be higher in the future. They probably will be, right? Yeah. So, yeah um, if, you can, if you can get your money in post-tax right now, you've already paid the tax on it. Just put it in your IRA, you know, and grow that money tax-free, you know, in perpetuity. Right. Any way <laughs> to save on taxes is key. Taxation is theft in all ways. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm a big libertarian guy going, hands off my stuff, yeah, you know, but exactly. at the same time, like there's some, uh, there's some stuff happening now. It just blows my mind and, and you know, in the political arena, I'm not going to get into all that stuff, but when yeah. you, when you realize it's, utterly important once you make the money to protect it in every way possible mm -hmm. from the government, from taxes on that side, from liability, from people, yep. um, understanding the tax and legal structures of these things is a hundred percent necessary. Um, yep. and that's why the super wealthy don't really pay tax because they've put tons of time and effort and money into learning every way yeah. that they can mitigate that tax aspect. A lot of the ways we sell a lot of our houses We'll do a cost seg study on a house mm -hmm. before we sell it so the buyer can go and get that benefit and basically get like 30% of their down payment back in taxes. Yeah. So it boosts their return through the roof. There's some cool stuff that you can do. Yeah, we had a – we had a, well, Steve Meekum is our, is our guy over at the cost, uh, cost Segregation Authority. I don't know if you know Steve or not. I but don't know. Yeah, we, I had him on the show about uh, – actually, I didn't have him. I had the owner of the company on. Uh, okay. But he was on – and we were – he was telling me about some really cool cost segregation stuff like uh, – like they did this huge like resort out in Idaho or something like mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. It had like a concert venue. It had like all this stuff and just like they they could like cost seg like the the every single little stone they they imported from Italy. You know right. like every single thing and like uh, we were talking about like how Disneyland does cost segregation on you know it's <laughs> like, it's really cool because like for example just to give rounded numbers if you're doing if you're buying a hundred thousand dollar house and you're putting twenty thousand dollars twenty five thousand dollars down yeah right. And you go do a cost seg study for fifteen hundred bucks on that house, 
you basically get a twenty-five, thirty thousand dollar tax deduction. Yeah. If if you're in that range, you're making eight to ten thousand dollars of tax savings from that, which is almost half of your down payment. Yep. On on that, which boosts your return. If you're looking at you know a, a, an eight to ten or twelve percent cash flow return from that property, mm-hmm. and and now you got half your down payment down, your returns just went to fifteen to twenty real easy. Well, it definitely it's crazy. Definitely, well, it makes you want to spend more money on the stuff that you can depreciate quicker. Yeah. Right? You know, right, like right. on the like carpets, like what five years or seven or something like that. Right. Like, you break yeah. it apart. So for those of you guys who don't know, cost seg is basically you're taking the property, the building piece. And breaking it apart in a bunch of little pieces, carpet, fixtures, lighting, like every uh, appliance, every little thing, you're breaking it apart. Landscaping, trees. Yeah, landscaping, yeah, the fencing, the the sidewalks. I mean, every little thing they can put a cost to, which turns it instead of 27 and a half year depreciated property into five year and 15 year property. And uh, so then that way, what happens is you can front load that depreciation, all that five year property, you can take bonus depreciation on and take it in the first year of purchase. Yeah, I think right now, they're allowing for like a lot of like bonus depreciation or something because of the the COVID thing, right? I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting what you're seeing right now happen, and uh, and there's so many cool strategies to mitigate the risk that. You know, last year I bought a million dollars worth of property just to get a three hundred thousand dollar tax deduction from the cost segs because I didn't want to pay taxes yeah. on this stuff. And so, you know, we paid very little taxes because of that strategy. Now, now I have built-in gains now moving forward, right? I got to be careful and never sell these things. I just refinance <laughs> them because I don't want to pay the tax in the future on them. Right. Um, but or the transfer them into a trust and sell the trust. Right. right there you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, like these, there's strategies like this yeah, you can yeah. deploy. You know, but you know, talk to your tax advisor. We, of neither, course, neither yeah. one of them. Are really tax advisors here, you know? So, <laughs> right, exactly. Even though I'm a CPA, but I don't do that anymore. I do real estate. You know, but. I've heard of rich people. What they do is they, they 1031 their properties back and forth, you know, like they just trade them back and forth with each other. That's you, interesting. You know, because <laughs> they, they reset their depreciation clock, you know, <laughs> like if you 1031 it and you're not taxing your gains. That's crazy. That's pretty. See, and that's the cost seg is another strategy. So you don't have to do a 1031 as well, because you could take the 20% long-term capital gain hit. Yeah. And then do a cost seg to counterbalance that that hit, and you and you might be in better position because now you have a lot, you know, depreciation moving forward, depends, and things like that. Yeah, it's a big math question, but right. uh, but you know, there's a lot of issues with 1031s, right? You've got to find that other property fast, yeah. and you're really kind of a distressed buyer. Yeah. So unless you do a reverse exchange or something like that, it becomes. Oh, I love them. I've sold, oh, yeah, they're great. I've but. sold property to people that they're in the middle of a 1031 exchange because they just need to put the money into something. Oh yeah, you know, and like like we're just looking for somebody to buy. It, but they'll pay market price because they just need to move it somewhere. That's one of the strategies we use in the Midwest because we we do a lot of turnkey rentals, right? We buy them, we renovate them, do a full quality control package where it's like, here's every single system in the property and the age and the useful life. Yep. Here's the full inspection with a side-by-side report of everything done. And then we serve it up to investors on a silver platter. Yep. And one of those silver, one of those silver platters is um, is basically the 1031 structure. Cause we can take, you know, I had a guy that came in and sold a property in California for almost $2 million, mm. went and bought 13 houses in in Memphis yeah. from me with seller financing so I could hit all those exchange buttons and right. exact down payment, the exact loan amount, the exact purchase price and structured that for him and said, here's 
Here's 13 houses. Boom. One 1031 exchange. Yeah. He went from making $30,000 a year to making over $100,000 wow. a year. And now he can retire off of that. And so like, that's pretty cool where I can hit the exchange and do what they wanted, get their money out yeah. of appreciated California. That's usually less cash flow <laughs> right. to something in the Midwest that's going to cash flow more, but maybe not appreciate as well. Right. So when you're so. going, when you're going Midwest, you talk about cash flow and I, I, I tend to think about ROI, right? Like, uh-huh. you know, cap rates, stuff like that. Right. So if, if I'm going into, let's just call it Memphis. Memphis, you uh-huh. know, it's Midwest, right? Right. If I'm going out that way, what, what am I looking at for like a cap rate, return on investment? So what would be buying, average? If you're buying all cash, yeah. you usually look, and it depends on the price points, right? Like I don't buy the low-end stuff out there. The low-end stuff out there is like basically uh, under 75000 bucks. You don't want to touch that stuff as mm-hmm. much because the tenant base is tough. There are some teams that have found good ways of managing that and keeping it really, you know, manageable. Right. But at the end of the day, we buy the hundred to two hundred thousand dollar price point stuff. And usually we're selling that at seven to seven and seven and a quarter, seven and a half caps, you know, on with after a vacancy factor, after a repairs factor, yep. taxes, insurance, management, all of that kind of stuff is included. And usually what equates uh, equates to about a nine to eleven percent cash on cash mm-hmm. a return just on the down payment. And then another three, four percent, five percent in principal reduction on that loan. So then that way they're hitting that. And then you couple that with a cost seg, you couple that with a 15 year. Sometimes when we're doing our seller financing, we'll do a 15 year fully amortized term to an IRA. It's paid off you know, in 15 years and free and clear asset inside their 401k or IRA. Yeah. It's pretty cool that for those strategies, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's the power of leverage, right? You can, you know, you get a lot more buying power for less money. Right. Right. So, I mean, we don't have a whole lot of time left. We only got a couple minutes. So, uh, we're going to have to have you back on, obviously. Like I, we've barely even touched the tip of the iceberg here, you know, like <laughs> I love this crap. So you know? <laughs> I know I know we can talk about it all day. Unfortunately, they don't let me do an hour here. So, okay, cool. <laughs> um, actually I get like 54 minutes or something, you know, but yeah, whatever. We'll go over that another time. <laughs> nice. Give me um, my hour. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I want a full one. Uh, so, uh, do you have anything you're like got going on right now? Any, any like you want people reaching out to you or anything like that? You know, really, um, if if investors need help with their their situations and their fight on their uh, need help with financing outside of California, um, I don't do any lending here in California, but outside of California, if they need help with uh, understanding how their deals uh, break down and what their profitability can be. I do that with clients all the time. If they need help with multifamily value adds and repositioning, these are the things I do with clients on a consistent basis that I just help them with. They can go to my website, ocgproperties.com or email me at invest at ocgproperties.com and I can just help them anyway. I don't charge anything for this stuff. I just try to help. And yep. if I can help, then great. If I can't, then and if I can help, we'll make money together. We'll figure it out. ocgproperties.com. Yes, sir. And then, uh, or invest at ocgproperties.com. Um, what about the club? You, you still got the club going on? Yeah, we got uh, four investors, buy investors. You can find us on meetup.com uh, and type in FIBI and you'll find all of our different chapters throughout Southern California. Uh, we run them consistently on a monthly basis. There's about six different chapters throughout Southern California right now that you can find us. And we're all on Zoom now, of course. Yeah, so, exactly. For a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, Phoebe and, you know, four investors, buy investors, one of the, one of the best, you know, club organizations I've ever seen. Thanks, you know, man. so, I mean, you guys run it really, really well. Uh, you know, it's a no sales organization, just like our group. Right. So no sales know. pitch, nonprofit. Yeah. We just teach financial education and real estate education. Yep. It's the way to go. You I think so. All the people you need and the resources you need yeah. just from teaching people. And it's more so. fun. You know, it's more community based. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for us. So thank you all for tuning in. We will see you again next week on the Flip Flop Investor Show. Have a great week, everyone. Take care.
KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM.